So you know how the sun rises every morning and it's kind of a predictable thing. Well, here's another predictable thing. Every time a document comes out that is damaging to the interests and purposes of Democrats, they find some other hysterical, sentimental, hearts-tugging, laced distraction to draw people away from, in this case, of course, the IG report that came out detailing potential biases in the FBI's examination of Hillary Clinton's email server. So now what they're talking about is separating parents from children. The children you see are ripped from their parents' arms by the Trump administration and thrown into these hamster cages where they pine and, and waste away and all kinds of terrible stuff. So we're going to have a little bit of a talk about this because it's kind of annoying in particular. The idea that the left really cares about uh, children when the left is, well, let's just say pro-choice has no particular problem with, uh, well, what could be considered the ultimate separation of parents from children, which is taking babies out of the womb uh, with, uh, with forceps and throwing them into medical waste bags. Um, oh, separating parents from children when you take children out of the home and put them in public schools where they're indoctrinated into hating patriarchy and hating sexism and racism, all of that kind of stuff, which are considered to be manifested on the part of the parents. Well, that's kind of separating children from their parents as well, emotionally too, isn't it? When Project Veritas came out with their excellent video series detailing the abuse and cover-up of the abuse of children in government schools, they didn't really care on the left. Why? Because government schools, teachers' unions, and so on, are a reliable source of money for the Democrats through forced union dues, of uh, programming of the children through leftist union uh, leaders and teachers, and just all kinds of good stuff for them, so they don't care. If they care about separating children from their parents, how about ye old welfare state? Welfare state, of course, women are paid to have kids as long as there's no father in the home. And so that's kind of important. And by the by, the law that is being enforced that is, separating, as they say, children from their parents was actually passed. Well, Democrats all voted, or mostly voted, to pass the law detailing what happens to kids at the border when the adults are apprehended. So the idea that this is some sort of Trump thing is ridiculous. And even the picture, the children in the cages, the picture that was circulated to raise ire against the Trump administration's policies, well, those pictures were actually taken under the Obama regime. And... Let me just sort of point this out. There's this weird racism that goes on. And I'm not a big one to call racism. But let me just sort of make the case and you can let me know what you think. There's this weird conduit or set of instantaneous dominoes that falls down and lands on the toes of some white male somewhere, right? So you see Hispanic kids in cages. Now, what are all of the dominoes that would have to fall for those children to end up in these cages or to end up in these uh, detention centers or facilities or whatever. Hispanic kids in cages. It must be the fault of a white male somewhere. Well, apparently, even though this happened under Obama, it wasn't Obama's fault. It must be the fault of a white male somewhere. And that's kind of a weird thing when you think about it. How do these kids end up detained? Well, it must be the fault of a white male. In other words, in the universe of multiculturalism, only white males have agency. Only white males make decisions. Only white males have choices. And this is not just with regards to ethnicity. Women. Women don't earn as much as men. Well, it must be the fault of a white male. It must be the fault of white males because women apparently have no agency. You can't go to women and say, well, 
if you chose more degrees with high remuneration, like if you chose to become petrochemical engineers or oil engineers, then you'd make a lot more money rather than if you become a social worker or something. But it must be the fault of a white male. I'd actually be curious too, <laughs> by the by. Okay, it's tangent time. I'd actually be curious when they say women don't earn as much as men. I'd be curious if they counted the income transferred to them, to women, if women are staying at home, taking care of kids or running a household or both or whatever, right? So if a man's making $100,000 a year and his wife is staying home, then she's getting at least $50,000 a year of benefit from that because he's paying for the mortgage. It's a transfer of resources. It's a trans she's getting paid. People say, oh, you don't get paid for to be a housewife, well, of course you get paid to be a housewife. You don't get paid to be a mom, well, of course you get paid to be a mom because someone's got to provide the resources. I wonder if somebody crunched the numbers and found out, you know, how many stay-at-home moms are there? The average income of the husband, 50% of it at least is going to the wife, probably more because women are responsible for like 80 to 90% of household purchasing decisions, as is evidenced by the layout of your average mall, which is kind of gynocentric kind of uh, for the most part. I wonder... If that closes the wage gap, I would suspect it more than closes it. I think you end up with women getting control of more resources. Also, I wonder if you count welfare, which is a transfer from largely male taxpayers to largely female recipients, of course. I wonder if that's counted. But anyway, so yeah, women don't earn as much. Must be the fault of a white male because women have no agency. Women can't choose different careers. They can't choose to negotiate harder. They can't do any of those things. Here's another one. Blacks aren't succeeding as much as, say... East Asians, well, that must be the fault of white males, right? Blacks aren't succeeding as much as, say, Jewish Americans. Well, that must be the fault of white males because blacks have no agency. Only white males have agency. And so that's really, really fascinating when you look at it. When you have a social ill in the West, the blame is inevitably placed on the shoulders of white males, as if nobody else has any agency, nobody else makes any choices, and white males control everything and have agency, superlative, all-encompassing agencies. White males are masters of time, space, and dimension. They can will things into existence, even in other countries. So Mexico is, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty terrible place. hundred politicians murdered recently. You've got drug cartels, poverty. And the average IQ in Mexico is in the high 80s, which is... Uh, which is not good. It's just below the threshold wherein a reasonably free society can be maintained. And the treatment of children in Mexico is appalling. I'll put the notes to the sources for all of this below. Louis Garcia from the National Human Rights Commission explained that in 2012, five out of 10 children suffered some form of violence. And in 2013, the rate was seven out of 10. And he asked, what will happen when there are 10 out of 10? The maelstrom of sexual violence against children has grown relentlessly in family and school environments, he warned. For experts, the lack of a national reporting on cases of violation of children is a serious omission. So that's terrible. In the first quarter of 2014, allegations of sexual abuse against minors in Mexico increased 73% compared to 2013. This is according to data from 2014 states. Now, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, Mexico ranks first in rates of physical violence, sexual abuse, and homicide of children younger than 14. Mexico ranks 
Second in money generated through sex trafficking of minors, reporting U.S. $24 billion per year. This is uh, some time back, so probably even worse now. Thailand ranks first in child pornography, while Mexico ranks second in child pornography. So, yes, the country has a lot of problems. And a lot of those problems stem from the abuse of children. You can check out my series at thebombinthebrain.com or you can check out my audiobook reading of Lloyd DeMoss's The Origins of War and Child Abuse. Child abuse has significant ripple effects throughout someone's life. And so, yeah, a lot of Mexicans beat, abuse, sexually assault and rape their children. So the question is, well, can they stop? Well, if they can stop and they don't stop, then they have agency and they're morally culpable. And it seems to me hard to say, sort of hard to make the case as to why the U.S. taxpayer should be forced to pay for the effects of voluntary child abuse enacted in Mexico. You know, if you beat and rape your children a lot, then you're going to end up with a highly dysfunctional and violent society. And why that is the fault of the American taxpayer, why the American taxpayer must pay for the effects of child abuse in Mexico, remains, let's say, somewhat of a murky moral question. And... This is where you end up with horrible, violent gangs. This is where you end up with... I mean, imagine what kind of childhood you'd have to have where it seems like a good idea to behead people and hang their bodies from a highway overpass or to leave beaten, bloody, and broken bodies in the street or tattoo yourself from head to toe or... I mean, the, these border routes are horrifying. I mean, moms regularly give their daughters morning-after pills or birth control pills because... The overwhelming majority of them will get raped along the way. There are rape trees along these border routes where when the women get raped, uh, they take a piece of the panties or, or bra would hang it from a tree. Uh, the routes are controlled by cartels. And if you try and cross into America without going through the approved routes, uh, uh, well, one guy who tried this, uh, surgeons, when he was found, surgeons ended up having to remove, they spent hours removing splinters of wood from his rectum because he'd been sod sodomized with a piece of wood as punishment. What kind of childhood do you have to have to end up sodomizing someone with a piece of wood? Now, they do vote in Mexico. So don't they have agency to vote in smaller government, free market reforms? I mean, they have access to the Internet and there's lots of uh, information available in, in Spanish about the value and virtues of free market and so on. So they vote in Mexico. Do they not have any agency to make their country a better place? Well as is the relationship between California and Texas, where there's a bumper sticker in Texas that says, don't California my Texas. What happens is the people in California vote for all these leftist policies, and then they flee to another state with less leftist policies and then end up knee-jerk reflexively voting for the same failed policies they fled from in the new place they fled to. And I've done um, uh, published uh, reports on voting patterns of Hispanics, and yeah, they overwhelmingly vote for the Democrats, for the left, for free handouts and so on. So, yeah, one of the reasons that Mexico is such a bad place is that you have a big coercive government that's massively taking and redistributing income. And so these people flee Mexico and then come to America or other places where they then vote for a massive overwhelming government that uses its power to redistribute income in the place they come to. So do they not have agency, no capacity, no possibility 
of changing their vote. Well, Colombia has recently learned from Venezuela, voted in somebody who's more of a populist and less of a socialist. And they have, of course, the example of Chile <sighs> compared to, say, Venezuela. So, agency. You see Hispanic children in cages, and the question is, how did they get there? And if your answer is, it's got to be Donald Trump's fault, then you're doing the big leap over to say all the bad things that happen in the universe must be the fault of a white male. Which, I guess, gets you the double shotgun blast of both racism and sexism at the same time. No, I think the most racist thing to do, the most horrible thing to do, the most sexist thing to do, is to mentally strip agency from groups of people. Individuals absent, you know, massive brain issues or problems or, or, or retardation and so on, individuals are responsible for their choices. And I don't have any hostility or hatred for any group, certainly not to the point where I would sit there and strip agency from them completely. So yeah, Mexicans are, on average, absolutely terrible to their children. And that needs to be fixed. That, I mean, what's going to fix that? What's going to fix that? You say, oh, well, if they have more resources then they'll become better people. If they have more money, they'll become better people. Well, the idea that rich people don't abuse anyone is ridiculous, right? I mean, the left has this weird contradiction where they say that the poor act in a dysfunctional manner, in an abusive or destructive manner, because they lack resources. So the more resources they get, the better they'll be, which is kind of like buying human virtue. It's also saying, of course, that Christian monks should have been the most violent and abusive people in the known universe, but... But at the same time as saying that dysfunction is the result of poverty, leftists also say that rich people are terrible human beings on average, right? Rich people exploit and they pillage and they destroy and they rape and like all these kinds of things, right? So what does that mean? You see, if you're dysfunctional because you're poor, it's because you lack resources. And if you're dysfunctional because you're rich, it's because you have resources. So <laughs> riddle me this, Batman. None of this makes any sense. So do, does the left care about kids? The kids at the border? Well, this is from the Washington Post, January 28, 2016. And I quote, the Obama administration failed to protect thousands of Central American children who have flooded across the U.S. border since 2011, leaving them vulnerable to traffickers and to abuses at the hands of government-approved caretakers, a Senate investigation has found. The Office of Refugee Resettlement, an agency of the Department of Health and Human Services, failed to do proper background checks of adults who claimed the children, allowing sponsors to take custody of multiple unrelated children and regularly place children in homes without visiting the locations, according to a 56-page investigative report released Thursday. So, yeah, under Obama, children were released into the hands of, I can't even imagine what kind of horrible human beings. Uh, it's hard to even conceive. And this was reported on. And it's worse being trafficked than being put in a facility. But they didn't care. See, they don't care. They don't care about kids. They care about power, people. They care about power. They care about, they care about control. They don't care about kids, but they know that you care about kids. And they're willing to manipulate you, just like any soulless human being would do. They're willing to manipulate you based upon your love of children. But they don't love kids at all. They don't care. They care about power. They're addicts, right? What is addiction? Addiction is when you sacrifice greater f future happiness for the sake 
of immediate happiness, right? So you have it. There's a discomfort if you're smoking, if you're addicted to, to cigarettes. There's a discomfort if you don't have a cigarette, right? You get jumpy, you get on. And you would rather deal with that discomfort by having a cigarette rather than looking the future of like lung disease or emphysema or just not being able to run around much. So, you know, they, 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 don't, they want power now. They don't care what happens in the future. They don't care what happens to the next generation. They, any more than the smoker particularly cares about what happens to his lungs 10 or 20 years down the road. They just want power now. And the way they get power is to import third worlders who are going to vote for the left. That's how they get power. They don't care about what society looks like in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. The, um, the studies that have come out, uh, it was Jason Richwine. Uh, this was the thesis that got him in significant trouble. But uh, he, he sort of established that the low IQ of Mexican immigrants or fence jumpers is effectively permanent. It does not, it does not change over generations. So, but again, they, they want votes and power now. They don't care about what happens in society down the road. They don't care about it. I mean, anybody who claims to care about children and continues to want to escalate the national debt and unfunded liabilities, you don't care about children. You care about children only insofar as they can be used as economic assets, as collateral through which to borrow. So what's happened? Okay, we're going to get a little bit of detail here, but I think it's important just to understand how little research and facts are being put out by the mainstream media in this particular topic. So... It used to be that border crossings were, you know, the typical sort of European, quote, migrant economic opportunist uh, squatter, welfare squatter. So under Obama, it transformed. Uh, cross, border crossings transformed from largely unaccompanied young single males to people traveling with kids. So under Obama, the border arrests of people who were traveling with kids went up five times in just four years. In fiscal year 2013, when this number was first reported, then people traveling with kids was only 15,000. Fiscal year 2017, it was 75,000. And so that's a huge, a huge jump. And the question is, of course, why? Why did things change? Now, we know for a simple, obvious, logical fact that people crossing the border are not crossing the border in general due to fear of persecution or asylum requests or anything like that. How do we know that? Because when Trump first came in and everyone thought the border was closed, then border crossings slowed to very low levels. And then when people realized that the border was still open for business, thanks Democrats, then they started coming again. And you understand, if, if people are fleeing a fire, they don't care if, they're, if it might be difficult to get out, they're still going to try and claw their way out if they're trapped in a house that's burning down and just try and get out, right? But if things ebb and flow, based upon the perception of whether you're going to get across or not, well, then it's economic opportunism. It's not asylum stuff, right? So why is there child separation at the border? Well, illegal immigrants, and again, that's kind of an oxymoron. It's like saying legal shoplifter, um, uh, a car thief who owns the car. I mean, so illegal aliens enter the U.S. illegally, of course, for economic reasons, with their kids, and then those people seek asylum. So I'll put the links to this below and I'll read a little bit from an article by Rich Lowry called The Truth About Separating Kids from May 28, 2018. And he says, For the longest time, illegal immigration was driven by single males from Mexico. Over the last decade, the flow has shifted to women, children, and family units from Central America. 
Separation happens only if officials find that the adult is falsely claiming to be the child's parent or is a threat to the child or is put into criminal proceedings. The past practice had been to give a free pass to an adult who is part of a family unit. The new Trump policy is to prosecute all adults. The idea is to send a signal that we are serious about our laws and to create a deterrent against re-entry. Illegal entry is a misdemeanor. Illegal re-entry is a felony. When a migrant is prosecuted for illegal entry, he or she is taken into custody by the U.S. Marshals. In no circumstances anywhere in the U.S. do the Marshals care for the children of people they take into custody. The child is taken into the custody of HHS, who cares for them at temporary shelters. The criminal proceedings are exceptionally short, assuming there is no aggravating factor such as a prior illegal uh, entry or another crime. The migrants generally plead guilty, and they are then sentenced to time served, typically all in the same day, although practices vary along the border. After this, they are returned to the custody of ICE. If the adult then wants to go home, in keeping with the expedited order of removal that is issued as a matter of course, it's relatively simple. The adult should be reunited quickly with his or her child, and the family returned home as a unit. In this scenario, there's only a very brief separation. Okay, so that's the article. So you understand how what all of this means. I'm sure you get it, right? So you come across, your children are separated because your children shouldn't be in jail with you. You are found, you usually will plead guilty because you're kind of caught in the act. And then you're sent back with your kids. It's only a very brief separation, not a big deal, right? Not great. Shouldn't bring your kids on that kind of stuff. I mean, how dangerous these um, paths are across the border. You shouldn't bring children there at all. But anyway. Now, the article goes on to say, where it becomes much more of an issue is if the adult files an asylum claim. In that scenario, the adults are almost certainly going to be detained longer than the government is allowed to hold their children. Ah, you see, now there's the problem. The government's only allowed to hold the children for 20 days. And asylum applications usually take years. At best case scenario, take months. So that is a big problem. If they are claiming asylum, then the government has a problem. Now, when it comes to claiming asylum, what you shouldn't do is cross the border and then claim asylum. Now, in my particular view, the rational response to somebody who then applies for asylum while breaking the law crossing the border is say, no, you, you can't apply for asylum that way. I mean, that's, it's one thing to go to a store and apply for a job. Uh, it's another thing to go to the store, steal a bunch of stuff, and then when you're caught, apply for a job. Saying, you know, no, I'll pay it back when I call out, right? I mean, come on. And the article makes this point, and I quote, even if a migrant does have a credible fear of persecution, there is a legitimate way to pursue that claim, and it does not involve entering the United States illegally. First, such people should make their asylum claim in the first country where they feel safe, i.e. Mexico or some other country they are traversing to get here. Second, if for some reason they are threatened everywhere but the United States, they should show up at a port of entry and make their claim there rather than crossing the border illegally. Some migrants have admitted they brought their children not only to remove them from danger in such places as Central America and Africa, but because they believed it would cause the authorities to release them from custody sooner. Others have admitted to posing falsely with children who are not their own, and Border Patrol officials say that such instances of fraud are increasing. So, it's laws that were designed for the exception where things have now become the rule, and this is what happens. See, 
You and I don't know a huge amount, I assume for the most part, about immigration law, the details, complexities, ins and outs, and Byzantine layers of American immigration law. But you can bet your last dollar that the people coming across the border know a lot about U.S. immigration law and how best to take advantage of it. And this is the asymmetry that gets so confusing. So this is the thing when you see pictures of children in cages and your immediate reaction is to blame some white male without looking into the background of the details and to understand why are people coming into America? They're coming into America because they can get into America and because they can make a huge amount of money on welfare and get a huge amount of free services and better education and so on. They're coming for free stuff. That's why they're coming. And they will do whatever it takes to get there. Because in Mexico, they could solve their problems by treating their children better. But see, that's a multi-generational solution, and that involves looking inward, right? Looking inward to the solution, rather than blaming the banditos in government, or blaming U.S. drug policy, or blaming this, or blaming that, or blaming gringo exploitation, or whatever, right? I mean, agency comes from self-criticism. And why are white males attacked so much? Why are they blamed for everything? Because white males are very self-critical. It's one of the reasons why white males have built the societies that everyone wants to get into. Self-criticism. I mean, what is free speech but the allowance of criticism? And so agency comes from self-criticism. Is it possible for Mexico, Central and South America countries, countries around the world, to say, if we wish to improve our societies, it starts with treating our children humanely. It starts from not beating, assaulting, raping our children, or even verbally abusing them, which can sometimes be almost as damaging as mere physical abuse. Can they be self-critical? Or do they externalize everything, blame white males for everything, and then imagine that their lives will naturally improve if they get into a country founded and built by white males? (laughs) White males are the worst ever. We've got to go to those countries run by white males because... I don't imagine that the self-criticism necessary to improve third world countries is going to be immediately forthcoming. But it is something that we must continually talk about. Because the mainstream media is going to play upon your affection for children, which is conspicuously lacking in the majority of people who cross the border with children who are using them as props or chits through which to get to the United States. I'm not sure why... Americans should care about Mexican children more than Mexican parents care about their own children in terms of beating and using them as props to get across the border. Morality is not just a set of commandments. Morality is a relationship, right? So if you order something online and they don't deliver it, are you obligated to pay? No, because the other person did not fulfill their part of the deal. Morality, you see, is a relationship. It is reciprocal obligation. Obligation is not just something you will and push out. And If you care about other people's children more than they care about their own children, you're going to be exploited. And you can see this happening right now in real time, where the mainstream media is putting out these pictures specifically designed to tug at your heartstrings. And you know what they're trying to do when they tug at your heartstrings? They're trying to detach your brain.